The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to continue with uh, the message I started last week. We are at a title, Fruits of Faith. Fruits of Faith. Basically, if you have faith, it should show. If you have faith in God, then God, you must have connected with God somehow. And if you connect with God, if you are in God's presence for any length of time, your life will change. Moses was with God for 40 days, and when he came back, the people couldn't look at his face because his face shone. So when you connect with God in faith, your life should change. You should not be the same person. You have connected with the eternal God, and the eternal God should change something in you. He should make your life better. And it's not in secret that God does it because He makes you light. And when He makes you light, you are not light to be hidden. It's the light of God to be put out so the world can see. So if people can see the fruit of your presence, with God, your connection with God, maybe you haven't connected with God. And that's what this is all about. You see, God is a God that loves fruit. From the beginning, He wanted fruit. After He created Adam, He said to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply. And then later He said to uh, Noah, after the flood, be fruitful and multiply. And Jesus says the same thing to us. He wants fruit from your Christian life. He wants fruit. He wants others to see it. He wants others to know of His goodness. And if you allow His goodness into your life, others will see it. And when they see it, they praise Him. And they want to be just like you. And they connect with Him and they become like you. Light, giving light to the other person. And you transform the light to the other person. But if you don't have the light, no one can see the light, then it could be you have not truly connected with Him. God's looking for fruit. Today is frightening about the way Christians live their lives. And to me, I don't know what they're thinking. You can't go to church and still be the same person. You can't go to church and live a life of sin. You can't go to church and multiply lies. You just cannot do that. I wasn't raised that way. God did not raise any of his children that way. You can't continue to live in sin. Because if you live in sin and you continue to live in sin, you most likely would die in sin. And Jesus said, that's the worst thing that can happen to a man. And for me, it's been several years, over 30 years since I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have made up my mind. You won't catch me in that kind of stuff. Yes, I make mistakes, but I'm not living in sin. Never. I want to go to be with God. I'm not going to be in hell staring Satan's face all through eternity. That's, that's terrible. I'm not going there. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Why should I live with Satan in hell forever? Why? When there is a way out for me. You know, let me tell you something. When you die, you leave everything here. Everything. 
your Cadillac and your Rolls Royce, Bentley, whatever it is, your plane, whatever. You leave everything here. You leave everything here. There's only one thing that you cannot leave behind. You know what? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> your memory. You remember everything. Even the things you've forgotten. You remember everything. You remember you were in church today. And you can even quote, tell God the date and everything. And when you went through the door, you remember. Ask me, I don't know. You will remember everything. But now let me tell you this. The worst thing that would happen to a man is for you to be in hell and remember you were in church and you could have made a difference. That will haunt you all through eternity. I mean, the fire and all of that, something, but they regret that. Why didn't I make that decision? What was wrong with me? And now you can't change anything. It's too late. It's too late. The pain of that, that you could have been there with them, with the Father, forever and ever. But you didn't make the decision. You chose to go your own way. Those were the things that haunted me. And I told myself, I'll live for God. I want to test it and breathe fire from his nose and inhale. And everybody looking for water through eternity. I know that people talk about fire and brimstone preachers. Don't want to be one of them. But I know there is a heaven and I know there is a hell. And the way I live my life is going to determine where I go. I don't know what preachers preach. I just want to go to heaven. You want to go to heaven. That's what is important. And I've got to make that dedication. I've got to be transformed. Nothing sinful will get into his presence. (laughs) Because that thing will be so uncomfortable in his presence. Cannot live there. And I don't want to be uh, uh, talking to God uh, and making, uh, uh, well, uh, no. I want to be happy in his presence. You know how when a Christian sins, how you feel, you know what it is? You don't, it's hard to go into his presence. You know how it is? Those of you that are truly born again, you know how that feels. Even if it's just a little lie, it kills you. You can't sleep well. And somebody says, let's pray. Say, Brother, I'll pray tomorrow morning. <laughs> you don't feel like praying. You know what? You're uncomfortable in his presence. Until you get forgiveness. Can you imagine going into his presence? After death, no chance, nowhere to go back. No way to make it up. It's over. I don't want to be there. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. I don't want to be in that position. And I pray none of my people, my children, everybody, and all of you. We don't want to be there. It's so important. There are people that are playing games out there with God. But the Bible is very clear. The road is narrow. Only few find it. Very few. He used to bother me. Oh God, can I be among those few people? Please. Yes. He says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are going that way. It's like, uh, let's vote. 
we got more of us on this side, so we must be right. No. No. It's not that way. Jesus has told us he came from heaven and God gave him those words to come and tell us that only few people will make it. And then he said there are ten virgins. Five were foolish. They, didn't, they, they, they lived their Christian life as if it didn't really matter. They did whatever they wanted to do. They lived in immorality. It didn't bother them. But they had some more. And then when they came, Jesus said, the master said, I never knew you. They were knocking on the door. They wanted to come in. The master said, who are you? He said, we're, we're, we're virgins. We, we know you. He said, no, I never knew you. And he gave us that all represent the, the Holy Spirit. All represents the Holy Spirit. You got to go after the Holy Spirit. And God wants to give his Holy Spirit freely to everyone who wants the Holy Spirit. But you have to desire him. He's a gentle man. That's why Jesus said, everyone who sins against the Father, you can be forgiven the Son, you can be forgiven the Holy Spirit, no forgiveness, because he's so gentle. You can just tell him, no, I don't want, and he leaves you alone. And many have done that. And maintain that. But if you say yes, he transforms your life. He is the God that put the essence, everything you see, into being. The Holy Spirit did that. And all you have to do is say yes to him. And my decision is, God, I want to be with you. That's saying yes to him. I want you to transform my life. I want when people see me, they know, yes, that's a Christian man. And I'm not hiding it. At work, I'm not hiding it. At, at, today, I'm always surrounded with Christians. <laughs> but in my, my life before my pastor's work, yeah. Everybody, I had to tell them. My professor in college, yes, I have to tell them. Some of you know I have a doctoral degree. My professor said, I'm not surprised that you are a preacher now. I'm not surprised. Because I let everybody know. I want to go to heaven. Jesus died for my sins. And that cannot be in vain. I want to be. God's looking for fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. You know, this is what Jesus tells us. John, the closest to Jesus, his, his natural friend, John tells us this. In John chapter 15, verse 8, by this, my father is glorified. How? How? By what? My father is glorified that you what? Bear much fruit. And in that way, that's how you will be my disciple. We've read this. Do we really consider it? Do we ask, what does that really mean, God? What are you talking about? How can I truly be your disciple? He says, by this, you will be my disciple. So if you're not do bearing fruit, it's going to be hard to be his disciple. According to the scriptures. I've got to bear fruit. I've got to bear fruit. This is not just going to church and singing praise and doing all of those things. There is eternity. Brothers and sisters, Jesus died. God put his life on the cross. Read. Acts chapter 20. He said, God with his own blood redeemed mankind. God's own blood 
can never be in vain. That's why I think the judgment is going to be so hard. God said, I gave my life for you. And you turned it down. You turned it down. Now you got no choice. It's over. What would you do? You like pleasure and what's happening in the world? Bible says, love not the world. You were created to serve God. He should be number one in your life. Nothing else. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added. God wants you to have fun. God wants you to have pleasure. He is your Father. He wants to provide for every need that you, you have. And you hinder Him. And that's painful to Him because you won't listen to Him. You know, if anyone would know how to be fruitful, I, I believe Peter should. The Apostle Peter, he should. Considering the way he started off in following Christ, he was kind of shaky, you know? Denied Jesus, right? But later, he led the early church, amen? He was a champion, man. Strong. He, he could tell us how to be fruitful, and Peter told us how to be faithful in the scriptures. What to do with our faith. So that our faith will bear fruit before God. Peter told us how to do that. I'd like to go to Second Peter uh, chapter 1. Beginning from verse 1. Simon Peter, a born servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ... To those who have ab- obtained like precious faith, <coughs> excuse me, with us in the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through this great and precious promises, through this you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So Peter started with that. But his goal was to tell us mainly how to be fruitful. As Christians, <clears throat> you will notice something. If you go to First Peter, I mean... Uh, the, uh, Peter, First Peter, I believe, chapter 1, when he introduced himself, he just said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. But here, he says, Simon Peter, a born servant of Jesus Christ. And then he tells you to whom he was writing, to those who have obtained Precious faith with us. Like precious faith with us. 
So you obtain the same kind of faith that Peter obtained. Like precious faith. With us. That's with the apostle. So your faith, because you've received Christ, you got the same faith that Peter got. The same. You obtained it. You obtained that faith. The kind of faith Peter was talking about here is the faith that gives you access to his grace. And if you were a Christian, then you have obtained the ability to respond to God's grace. For by grace we have been saved through faith. And that none of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So no one can boast. It was God. We obtained it because God gave it. And you received it. So, and the grace, the faith that you received is the same that Peter had. The same that Paul had. The same that John had. Like precious faith. With us. We have the same. But then he said, Simon Peter. Now listen, it's important that to us we understand that he used his Jewish name and his Greek name, Cephas. Together in one. Now, Peter is not his last name. Hello. His last name is Bar-Jonah. Son of Jonah. That's it. But here is Simon Peter talking about the transformation of grace. Simon to Peter. You know what he was, right? And you know he became a rock. The grace of God from Simon to Peter. You know what the meaning of the word Simon is? The listener. Simon means the listener. He listens. Christians don't listen very much. They have their own opinion. And they stay with their opinion. This is what I feel, brother. God uses them a little bit. They feel with pride. <laughs> they won't listen to anybody. Yes. And they want to show you everything that they know. Knowledge pops up. But Peter was a listener. You won't become a rock until you listen to what God says. You won't be fruitful until you are listening. So he tells you, Simon Peter. And I'm writing to those who have received the same kind of faith that I receive. And I have words to tell you. I have gifts that God has given to us through which you can be fruitful if you want to. There is the divine power that's given us and there is this great and precious promises that you can use. You have obtained the faith. You can get to them and you can receive them and transform your life and receive his divine nature. That's what he's saying. Simon is a listener. You know, Jesus said to him once, he was in the boat and Jesus said, let down your nets to catch some fish. You remember and Peter said, you know, Lord, we have fished all night. Okay? We are fishermen. We know these waters. Right? We know these waters. <laughs> but then he said to Jesus, but at your word, we're going to do it. Amen? He's a listener. 
you won't be a rock until you listen to what God's saying in obedience. Do what God says to do. And don't do your own thing. And be like the world, sinning against God. And there's no difference in your life between you and your friend that doesn't go to church. In fact, many Christians have caused other people to turn away from God because of the way they live. They're mean. They're so mean. And he goes to church and he says, glory to God. And the person says, who, the other guy, he's in church. He says, glory to God. He says, what? He's He's saying glory to God. He's mean. He was a listener. You know, when you listen, God will speak to you. And you know what God did with Peter? God knew that he's a listener. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes, but he was a listener. And so when Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say, the son of man? Who do they say I am? And Jesus, Peter said, you are Jesus, the son of the most high God. And Jesus said, no one revealed this to you. Guess where he got it? He got it from his father. Because God knows he will listen. If you're not excited, I am. <laughs> you got to be a listener. You got to listen to what God's saying. And obey. Peter was convinced. That's the Messiah. I've heard from the Father. And when Jesus said things that he didn't understand, and Jesus said, you want to go away? He said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. We want to hear your words, even though we don't understand it. His life was transformed. The faith that we have levels the field for every of us. You can do what you want. Notice what he says. According to the word of God here. Grace and peace be multiplied. You can multiply grace. You can multiply peace in your life. Until you have much grace and much peace, it will show in your life that you are not truly following him. Because Paul said, I am what I am because of the grace of God. If you see me doing signs and wonders, miracles and all of that, and I'm living the life from God, for God, it is because of the grace of God. Without the grace of God, we are nothing. But Peter is saying, you can multiply that. You can multiply grace, and you can multiply peace. And if you multiply grace, and you multiply peace in your life, you will be fruitful, no doubt about it. You will be fruitful. How do you multiply grace? How do you multiply peace? This is through the knowledge. 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 I think it's Philippians 2. Verse 24 says, you know, knowledge puffs up. You know, you have seen being around people, they know so much, they just, uh, sometimes it's scripture, sometimes it's other things. They are so proud of what they know. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. In the time of Peter Paul, there was this uh, gnosis, meaning knowledge, 
and, and, and just knowledge of everything. And people were proud about that. And Paul and Peter were saying to them, no, epinosis, more full knowledge. That's what you need. Full knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Full knowledge. That is a knowledge born out of intimacy with God. Born out of intimacy, dedication in your relationship with God. That's how you bear fruit. That's how your grace will multiply. That's how you can multiply peace in your life. Through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. But then he tells you what's available to us. What's available to us? He says his divine power. Two things that are available to us. Power, promises. Power and promises. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that you need to make it in life, God's provided. That's what he's saying. Through his power. And his power is available to us. He's given us everything that we need that pertains to life and to godly living. Everything is available to us. So Peter is saying, you can be fruitful if you want to. You got the faith, you can do something about it. But if you refuse to do something about it, and you want to live your life the way you want it, God will let you do that also. But you got what it takes, because you've made Jesus your Lord and your Savior. It's really up to you. It's really up to you. It's your faith in Him. And you can. It's a leveling field for everybody. No one is excluded. Jew or Gentile. So God can judge when the day, day of judgment comes. The judgment is, is righteous because you have a leveling field to play. It's your choice. So His divine power has given us everything that we need pertaining to life that has to do with your bill, pain, everything. Your, your physical self, whatever it is, your family, your relationship, and then godliness. The way you live for God. His divine power. He says, whereby have given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. You see, they are given in the form of promises because you need faith to realize them. And you got that. You have to be willing to do that. Amen? What you need to do then is to connect with what God has given. Let me show you something here. Connect with your faith. Because God wants you to grow. If you read in First Peter, it talks about humility, resisting the devil, how you got saved and all of that. He gave us that. But here, he's looking for fruitfulness. And then he tells you what you need to do after giving you all the resources you have available to you. Now, he says, let's get to work. Amen? Let's get to work. In Philippians 2 verse 12, it says, Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The last part of it. Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Who is to work it out? God. I have to work it out. I have to work it out. Based on that, in Second Peter, the same Second Peter, chapter one, verse five, it says, "But also 
For this very reason. What reason? The reasons that I've given to you. What I told you. You got all this available to you. Power and promises. Your knowledge. Multiplying grace and peace. For this very reason, he says, giving all diligence, diligence, meaning do everything it takes. Work at it. Giving all diligence adds to your faith, which is already given to you. Based on what God has given to you, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Seven things. Preachers love seven. Amen. We like to get seven. Seven points. It's good. First one is virtue. What does that mean? Goodness. Goodness. I'd like to go to uh, what Peter says. From the very beginning, from beginning from verse 1. This verse 3. It says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge against relationship of him, who called us by glory and virtue. He called us by glory and virtue. Again, we have the word virtue, right? He called us by glory and goodness. You know why Peter followed Jesus? He said he called us like faith, right? Peter saw his high moral person. He saw that in Jesus. He was with Jesus for three years. He saw everything when he slept and when he woke up. He saw, he said, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing what? He went about doing good. Peter saw that. Peter saw his virtue. Jesus said to them, which of you, all the Pharisees and everyone scribes, which of you convict me of one sin? They were all quiet. Peter saw that. His goodness. And that's what drew him. He called him by that virtue. That's what drew him to the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw the light. This was a different kind of rabbi. This was a different kind of minister. And that was attractive to Paul. I mean to Peter. And that drew him to him. Goodness. And glory. And he called us by his goodness. That's virtue and glory. But Peter also saw his glory. He saw miracles. Amen. He saw signs. He saw Jesus walk on water. That was attractive to him. But not just that. He saw his goodness. 
We must add goodness to our faith. You can't be a Christian and be so mean. Hello? Everybody's scared to say anything around you because they know you. Fire is coming. How can you be a Christian that way? Quick to take revenge. We never forgive. Yeah, I can never forgive that person. Pastor, you don't understand. You think Jesus understands? These are the things we have to deal with. Goodness. Goodness. We have to forgive. We have to let go. That's goodness. On the cross, what did Jesus say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm sure one of the soldiers said, did you hear that? He said, we don't know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. We're killing you. But he made an excuse to them, for them. His father. His goodness. You think Peter hearing that, oh my God, he forgave them. He let it go. Goodness. Add to your faith goodness. Add to your faith goodness. You know, the scripture says it is the will of God that you do good. And it says in that way you will confound the ignorance of those that are doing wrong. When they see your good works, they turn around. Virtue, goodness is so important. Today, I don't know, everybody wants God to do something for them. It's like God is a, what's it called, a slot machine or something? It's all give me, give me, give me. And God saying, that's not as important. I want to, I want to, make, I want to make you me. So when they see you, they see my image. Amen? When they see you, they see my reflection. They see you. And they love me because they see you. Amen? Goodness. Goodness. That's number one. Add that to your faith. Amen? It's very important. And to that goodness, he said, add knowledge. Because sometimes somebody's going to ask you, why are you like this? Hello? Why are you so different? I know when I got saved, there was this guy, uh, Samuel, which is still in touch. And uh, he had a whole... Uh, well, let me say he made joyful noise when he sang. He irritates everybody when he's singing. But he's always singing, I know that heaven is mine. I know that. And I was as, as, as saved as I was. I was looking and saying, this guy, what is wrong with him? He can't sing, but he annoys every one of us. And uh, we're all in a, in a van. And um, others, other, others, others, shut up, Samuel, shut up. All of us going to heaven. And they will yell at him and curse him out and all of that. And I'm thinking, man, they cursed him out real good. I wonder how he's going to like them uh, after this. You know, I was inspecting his fruit. Okay? 
And then we get, to, we get to a place of work because they picked us up with the, the van and we get to our place of work. And I see him back with these guys laughing as if nothing happened. They cost his daddy, they cost his mommy, they cost everything while we were in the bus. And he's playing with them and laughing with them. And I said, this guy must not be a real man from this earth. He must be from another planet. There is no way anybody does that to me and expect me to laugh and joke with, tell jokes with you. Hey, no, I'll kill you if I can get you. That's the way it was. But he laughed with them, and the next day he's doing, I know that heaven. You are inviting trouble, man. What's wrong with you? So one day I made the mistake of telling him because I admired him. And I said, you know, Samuel, I, I like to be like you. He said, yeah, you can be just like me. Not in this world, I said. Not you don't know who you're talking to. I can't be like you. I know if they curse me out, I'll kill them. It's not going to work. But I listened to him. Amen? I listened to him. And God transformed my life. And by his grace, I can sing, I know that heaven is mine right now. <laughs> Whether you like my voice or not, I know heaven is mine. Amen? You're laughing at me, but uh, it's good. I don't sing like Amy, but uh, I sing. <laughs> Amen. So add to your faith goodness. Let them see your goodness, that God is good. That's light. And add knowledge to it. So when they ask, like I asked Samuel, how can I be? He was able to tell me and lead me and help me. God can do it. Amen? Bow your heads with me today. We want to be just like Jesus. We want to be just like Jesus. He is inviting us into his kingdom 